Muggles with Attitude is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you? Did you know? Oh, oh wait, are you talking? Oh, oh, you're gonna do it. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, you no, you're gonna do it. You do it. You do it. Did you know armadillos like to say facts at the same time? <laughs> One day we're just going to do it in unison. That would be really hard. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Did you know that armadillos are actually naturally hexagonal? Yeah, they actually evolved that way so they could fit comfortably into the uh, the combs of their armadillo hives. Mm. That makes yeah. total sense. That explains it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For more armadillo-related facts and to find out how you can unlock episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash armadillopodcastingclub. Hogwarts, Hoggy Warty, Hogwarts at the door. Hogwarts. Hello there, you're listening to Muggles with Attitude. We're reading J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series of fantasy novels. I'm Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're going to be reading chapters 6 through 10 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, the sixth book in the Harry Potter series. Previously, we have a little history of encounters between the Muggle Prime Minister and the Wizard Minister of Magic, and it is adorable. Uh, meanwhile, Snape entertains some Death Eater house guests and makes a wizard pinky swear to eat and poop out a basketball, which, I mean, I know he's <laughs> a wizard, but still, that's not going to be pleasant. <laughs> it's canon now, okay? So then we finally make our way around to our bloodthirsty boy wizard just as Dumbledore starts pimping him out to an old buddy in exchange for joining with his private army. Uh, but the joke's on Slughorn, though. Ards are pretty good that Harry's going to off him in the before the end of this book and uh, before the end of the school year. We ended our episode at the Burrow, the cutest damn place in the world. All of Harry's friends are there, and they are all happy to see each other, and they are all having good grades and on the Wizard SATs, and it's just so great. Uh, it's going to be such a great year, uh, but also the Dark Lord is back and openly killing people and stuff. So, yeah. All right. Right. <laughs> Well, that leads us nicely into chapter six, Draco's detour. Yeah, people are still disappearing. Um, Karkaroff is dead. That was a quick throwaway, but you guys remember who he was. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not super uh, heartbroken about it. Yeah. You know, whatever. But, but I am very, very sad because Florian Fortescue, the the wizard ice cream guy from Diagon Alley, has gone missing. Yeah, Ollivander Thanks. and Harry's ice cream guy. That's rough. Yeah. I mean, this, this actually decides it for me. I, I'm on... Harry and Dumbledore's side now. Yeah. If somebody takes our ice cream. Yeah. That's right. You know what? First gone they too came far. for our ice cream and I said nothing. Because <laughs> <laughs> my mouth was full. <laughs> and I said, <laughs> It's funny though, because like all this is happening and Harry is having the time of his life. They're playing Quidditch. They're having some great food. But you know, also all these people are dying and stuff. But yeah, yeah. He's been made Quidditch captain. So that's nice. Yeah. yeah, which apparently the captain of the Quidditch team is equal in status to a prefect. Right? Okay, that's some bullshit, right? Yeah. Yeah. The English aren't allowed to like make fun of American high schools for worshiping sports if they're going to be like that. I yeah, that's yeah. that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you get to use the special bathroom. Although it occurs to me that if one were cynical, then you would think that Dumbledore is trying to staff all the positions of power with his loyalists, and that's why he didn't make Harry Potter prefect because he had Harry Potter earmarked 
to be the Quidditch captain. Oh, that's right. Because that come on. That would actually make sense. Ron cannot be Quidditch captain. Hermione cannot be Quidditch captain. It's got to be Harry, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, man. It's just planning. So I want to point something out here. Uh, you know, there. I think I think it's at breakfast before they go to the go to Diagon Alley. Uh, Bill shows up, right? And apparently, mm. Bill can just take money out of people's vaults because he works at Gringotts. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah, I mean, he's like, "Hey, Harry, <laughs> uh, I didn't want you to have to wait in line at Gringotts, so I brought you this money from your private vault." Yeah. With a, uh, you know, 10% yeah, service fee or something. A small <laughs> well, delivery fee. Nothing to worry about. You know, yeah, no, Harry's no not going to notice, right? Bill Weasley for getting his, his beak wet, you know? Yeah. And like, Harry wouldn't even notice. Harry doesn't know how much money he has. He has this nebulous vault piled high with gold. Like, how many times have people gone in there and just, you know, stuffed a couple coins in their pocket? He would never mm. know. He would not, yeah. no. Speaking of getting his beak wet, do you notice that... um Bill and Fleur were the only ones who stayed behind when everybody else left for <laughs> the bur- for uh, London. His beak, oh, right, buddy. right, yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, so Bill's decided to stay in the borough. Uh-huh. Everybody went to London. <laughs> He's going to burrow in the borough. <laughs> oh man, that's right. Yeah, I mean they haven't seen each other in weeks. I think we all know what they're up to. Yeah. But anyway, they go to Diagon Alley and there's very few people there and there's scary signs up everywhere and people are just kind of like scuttling from one place to another. Does that uh, sound familiar? Yeah, this was this hit too close to home for me. Yeah. <laughs> Real sad. Also, by the way, their uh their transport, you know, they uh they got those special ministry cars again. Seems like it's a really good time to be a Weasley right now, you know? Like last year he was in the outs, but now he got a big promotion and now he has access to these like really fancy wizard cars. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting, well, you know? Scripts, yeah, everything's coming up Weasley. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Scrimgower, the new <laughs> the new Minister of Magic, he knows where things are at. He knows right. who's uh, bred to butter. That's true. He's <laughs> yeah. like, you know, this Weasley guy, he uh, he doesn't look like much, but his family's connected. They're everywhere. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. In Diagon Alley, people are uh, scared, but, but they're also blatantly selling illegal goods these specific illegal goods that Mr. Weasley is in charge of policing. But yeah, Mr. Weasley's like, oh, if I were on duty, shaking his fist. But uh, is it probably more just like they're all paid up for the month? Probably. I mean, this is like the, like Casablanca, right? Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm shocked to find gambling going on in this establishment. You're winning, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But they run into Draco, of course. Yeah, it wouldn't be a trip to Diagon Alley without a fight with, with Malfoy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I felt that Harry Potter was definitely the initiator of this encounter. I'm okay with it this time, though, because Malfoy's dad literally tried to kill him like two months ago. <laughs> okay. But De- Malfoy didn't, though, right? Malfoy's dad did that. Draco didn't do that. Mm. He's yeah. a little mean to Draco. He's like, oh, sorry about your dad being a, a worthless loser in prison. It's like, eh. Yeah, I, I just felt like usually Harry Potter kind of tries to ignore Malfoy or just gives him the stink eye. But this time he kind of just unloads on him. Like, hey, Malfoy, you suck. He's there with his mom, you know. Yeah, yeah but he's there with she, his mom. He, yeah. She threatens Harry, though. She says, I expect he'll be reunited with Sirius. So, yeah, yeah. Those are not even like, those aren't really even thinly veiled threats, right? I yeah. Mean, like, it just seems like, so the ministry should know about that, right? Eh. Harry would have to bother to tell someone. 
Yeah, I suppose right. so. Yeah. But yeah, you yeah. know, throwing death threats at a 16-year-old with shotgun hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these people are on the list. That's yeah. right. Uh, Harry doesn't Harry doesn't go to the ministry. Harry cleans up his own messes. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but they head over to Fred and George's new shop, Weasley Wizarding Wheezes, and we called it, guys, on the ministry mm-hmm. weaponizing uh-huh. the thing, uh-huh. their inventions. We oh, totally I know. that. Mm-hmm. I know. In, in, the, in the front, they're like, yeah, and they're doing great, right? Like their joke shop is full and they have all kinds of fun stuff like daydream charms, you know, stuff I'd buy, right? Whatever. But yeah, they're yeah, in like, the back like, room. Everybody's buying the like the like those candies we made that make your nose start bleeding and never stop. Those are flying off the shelves. <laughs> but uh, but in the back oh, room. Oh, and the roofies. Don't forget the roofies. Oh, yeah. Right. The Wizard yes. roofies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They're like, well, you know, it's a really powerful uh, love charm, right? Or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, in the back room, they're they've getting been getting into wizard protective gear, which is uh, you know government right. contracts for military gear. Here, there's good money in that, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Arthur Weasley was in a good position to steer a few contracts their way. Yeah, yep. right. I mean, they did make those those like crazy magic bombs or fireworks, right? <laughs> fireworks, put that in quotes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. Uh, so if one were cynical, yeah, if one were cynical, and one felt that that Dumbledore was started was a uh, one of the prime movers in creating this uh, fraught warlike situation, the fact that one of Dumbledore's loyal supporters uh, is making the most money is benefiting directly from this war uh-huh. uh, might make make one think like this. This is where Dumbledore was where the end is, right? It's, it's war <laughs> profiteering, right? It's just like the U.S. arms deals to the Saudis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Friend George, man, they they uh, they're connected. Yeah, it's it's like the revolving door between the wizard industrial complex. <laughs> <laughs> oh, everything's coming up Weasley. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you, you guys may remember, I think it was last chapter where Dumbledore, Dumbledore said this whole thing about not taking unnecessary risks and like playing it safe or whatever. And then like immediately Harry is escaping his protectors to go follow somebody into the, uh, what's, what's it called? The, the evil place? Nocturne Alley. Yeah. Yeah. He trails yeah. Draco to this, to Nocturne Alley to this shop that we've seen before borgen and burks and they sell like dark magic i mean i i really thought he was gonna kill draco right now <laughs> just like really? just following him into the the alley well where... yeah like i mean he's just just had an altercation with him and then and then he like tracks him down invisibly and he's alone why is he following draco i mean he wants to see what draco's up to because he's got to be up to something but that just seems a little weak yeah he, he brought hermione and ron and uh if he was going to kill Draco, I think he would do it solo. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Got to provide them with some deniability there. That's right. Yeah. Uh, and he does some spying, but it feels like they they learn basically nothing. But that he's like, oh, he's up to something, but like nothing useful, right? Yeah, we don't know what's going on there. It's, he learned that there's an object, some kind of magical object involved in Draco's plot. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't even know. But we, there always is, yeah. right? It, it's the books are always like Harry Potter and the magical object that's involved in the plot somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when, when they were like, "Oh, he's up to something," I was like, "Hadoy," you know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chapters. Uh, oh, sorry. Wait, uh, no, it's all right. And then the, when they get back, they of course take some time to gaslight their protectors a little bit, right? Like, 
Oh yeah, what we were in the back room. About? You guys are probably getting old and blind. That's probably why you didn't see us in the back room. <laughs> and their parents are like, "Are we getting old and blind?" Okay, <laughs> man. I don't know. Chapter seven: The Slug Club. And Harry actually, to me, he makes a pretty good deduction that Draco is a Death Eater. Like he uses evidence and he comes up with this conclusion. And I don't think it's totally off. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. hadn't. It actually hadn't occurred to me because uh, they, they, you know, it's it's in the it's in the it's in the text that oh he you know she was he was acting really weird when she got close to his arm and oh then he showed something to uh, the the shopkeeper in Borgen and Blotz that's like. Appeared to be his arm. Could, yeah, it makes perfect sense that that really? might be dark. Mark. I thought, I thought he was. I mean, I, I you're right. Uh, it definitely seems to point that way. But I thought it was like for surezies that all the Malfoys were Death Eaters. Yeah, well, we know that because of the earlier chapters with um, Draco's mom and Bellatrix Lestrange and Severus Snape. We knew that Draco has been given some sort of task by Voldemort. So yeah, he must be a Death Eater now, right? Like, yeah. What but does it they, take to be a Death Eater? Like Lucius Malfoy was not keeping his loyalty to Voldemort much of a secret, right? No. Yeah, that's true. And and uh, I, I I think that the biggest thing that ever, and it's it's really what everyone says when Harry points this obvious thing out that Draco's probably a Death Eater is like, yeah, but he's like, he's like 16 and Voldemort doesn't tend to recruit kids. But, you know, why not, right? Yeah. yeah. He's like super evil. He doesn't have like a soft, soft spot for the kitties. Right. And to make it even crazier, not only does he have a like a good deduction there, he actually tells an adult. Oh, so, I know, yeah. right? Yeah, who is like, eh, no, not a fan, but oh well. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, Mister, he really does try. He actually tries to tell someone unprompted. Only, yeah. I mean, it's a few days later, but still, you know. Yeah, it's 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 fine. He does a good job. Yeah, he's maturing. Hmm. But anyway, flash forward, um, they're on the Hogwarts Express. Okay, how fucked up is this? Marietta, she's still disfigured. She still has the pimples across her face that say yeah. sneak. Uh-huh. And Harry smirks when he sees that. Like, they basically threw acid in this girl's face. Uh-huh. And it can't yeah, get know. fixed, and they think it's funny. Like, And there was, there was never any penalty for that, yeah. for them doing that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, it sucks that she, she like, ratted them out, but, like, it's not worth being disfigured for a year or your entire life. Like, that's just so fucked up. Yeah. Not okay with that one. Yeah, no, for sure. Mm-hmm. It occurred to me, you know, like, he he tells Mr. Weasley and Mr. Weasley doesn't, like, believe him, but, like, he doesn't do a great job making his case. You know, he sounds a little bit, like, silly when he's saying it. So I don't entirely blame Mr. Weasley for being like, I don't know, but... But like on the other hand, right? Like he's Harry Potter, and he's like a goddamn magnet for evil wizards and dark magic. <laughs> like I kind of feel like I kind of feel like they should just have some invisible dude following Harry Potter around twenty four seven and just like taking notes. He's like Harry Potter went to take a dump, and a Dementor was waiting in the stall. You know, like because that's like what the fuck happens to. Well, him. I mean, you know, my theory is that that Hermione is Dumbledore, and that's kind of exactly <laughs> what he's doing. Oh, man, that makes actually that makes perfect sense. Actually, <laughs> I was just gonna say he's Tavarin. Oh yeah. yeah, he could be. He's yeah. he's wizard Tavarin. It's yeah. just a different mm-hmm. age. <laughs> right. <laughs> Check out our other podcast, The Dragon Reread. That's right. And uh, you know, and on the and on the train, you know, he he's a little he's a little, little miffed because uh, Ron and Hermione have to go do the prefect stuff, and apparently that's not a privilege you get for being a Quidditch captain. Nobody told him, unfortunately. But it's well. fine because 
Harry's uh, B-list friends are there. You know, he's got uh, he's got Neville and Luna. So if you just like put a red wig on Neville, have Luna scold them periodically, and he's like, eh, it's that's the same thing, right? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, they may be B-tier friends, but they're good. They're solid. I mean, they're fine. Just. I, I, I think that, you know, me personally, I would prefer Neville and Luna because I, I find them very entertaining. Yeah. I, okay, if I was going to rank those four people, uh, it would probably be, in, in order of who I want to hang out with, it would be Hermione, Luna, Neville, Ron. Right? Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. That'd be, like, mm. may, I, I might switch Lu- Hermione and Luna. i put Luna first, yeah. But, oh, but, yeah. But still, like, between between all of those, like, Ron would definitely be at the bottom. Sorry, Ron. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Ron. Ron Weasley. I mean, he's not awful. He's just the worst friend as well as the worst Weasley. <laughs> That's Aww. right. Uh, but I, I do want to say, uh, you know, we, we're ragging on them, but we I, I want to give Harry some points here because when some people come along and kind of like try and make fun of him, Harry sticks up for him, you know? Like, oh, you're hanging out with uh, those guys. You don't have to hang out with those guys. He's like, oh, these people are my friends, you know? Yeah. Oh, good for yeah. him. Well, Harry has nothing to lose. Like, he doesn't give a fuck about, like, his reputation. His reputation's insane, you know? Yeah, that's true. So, might he as well stand up your cool. friends. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. When you're unimaginably wealthy and have murdered people and all that. Like, whatever. <laughs> yeah. He has plenty of street cred is all I'm saying. No, you're um, right. But he's still obsessed with Draco, so he sneaks into Draco's car, and Malfoy owns oh, him. This wait, is... yeah, we missed oh, the we missed the whole Slughorn <laughs> thing. Oh yeah. Oh no, no, I was just gonna say like Slughorn moves fast. Like not the school has school year hasn't even started yet, and he's like having a a Slug Club meeting. Which, by the way, Slug Club is kind of an unfortunate name for any organization, right? Like I was well, try- I was thinking Slughorn about this. Is a terrible name. It is a terrible name. I assume a slughorn is the name for the genitals of a slug. That's, that's <laughs> what that's got to be, right? Well, a slug is just one big genital. Is it? And they have eyes. It's all genital. No, it's, they've got the two eyes. Yeah, don't, doesn't, yours? Wait. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do you see? <laughs> that's a great point. But yeah, like if you're trying to think of like, what what pleasant qualities do you attribute to a slug? It's like, well, they're slimy, and they leave slime everywhere. And I mean, they're kind, their faces are kind of cute. I will give them that. I, I'm down with the Slug Club as a name because I think that he's leaning into it. Right? His name is Horace Slughorn. <laughs> Man, he got. I, I bet he got made fun of when he was a kid. I mean, but but maybe it's not that weird by wizard standards, right? Like wizards have all kinds of like one of the the most powerful wizards in the world is named Dumbledore. It's dumb in his name, so I mean, like. <laughs> what are you gonna do? His um, full name is Horace Eugene Flaccus Slughorn. Oh man, like every one of those names probably yeah. got him made fun of, but that's okay. You know, he's done really well for himself since then, mm-hmm. and uh, now he's collecting kids related to famous people, which is not weird. That's fine. Yeah, you know, cool. Yeah, going around the room, like, is Ginny the only person there who's there solely on their own merit? I think so. Yeah, I don't. I don't think she is. Oh, I, okay. right? I think she's there because she's connected to the, the Arthur Weasley capo. <laughs> That's a good point. He wanted. He and, wanted to get a Weasley, and Ron was busy. Right. <laughs> no, he directly. wanted to get a Weasley. And he's like, I don't want Ron. <laughs> <laughs> what are all the Weasley? He's like, he tells his assistant, "Okay, what what Weasleys are here? What Weasley can I get? Okay, not that one. 
Oh, okay, yeah, that one. <laughs> He's like, well, Bill, Charlie, uh, Percy, they've already graduated. Can't can't get those. Ron, is there anyone else? Ginny. Yeah, let's I get mean, Ginny. She's good. I mean, Ginny is like connected to Tom Riddle also, right? Oh, that's a good point. And she's connected to Arthur Weasley and, uh, you know, there's something there. She she is. And, and apparently she's actually a pretty like solid wizard. Like, you know, she she's a, a tertiary character, so we don't see as much of her earlier on in the books, but. Uh, I think Ron even mentions early on that she's really good at hexing people. Like she's she's got some skills. Mm-hmm. Her bat bogey hex, which apparently makes bats come out of your nose. I oh, I thought it was bat boogers, not yeah. bats coming out of your nose. Well, I mean, that's where boogers come well, from. If Alice. you turn your boogers into bats, they're going to come out. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope. Otherwise, that'd be, I mean, no, I, I guess thought, it'd still be I thought it was like literally bats, like in their own little noses, they have boogers. Or, I don't know. Oh, oh, oh so you're saying, of bats. wait, so are bat boogers different than human boogers? I'm not familiar with them. They're I... blind. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, fair enough. Yeah, but but after this Slughorn meeting, Alice, you, as you were saying, uh, he he decides he's going to just spy on Draco. This is, okay, this is such a bad plan. Like, a, just a terrible plan, right? Yeah, this is this is why Dumbledore was saying stick with Hermione and Ron because that's, this is a Harry Potter plan. That's exactly what I thought. It was like Ron and Hermione. He needs Ron and Hermione to help him not come up with stupid plans because this is this is such a bad idea. Oh, it's so bad. Mm, yeah, he's like he's like I'm gonna follow this kid uh, back to the the car right, and I'm gonna be in my invisibility cloak. It's like okay, fine, whatever. Uh, but the 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 cabin is full of people, so there's no place for him to be without running into somebody. And the door is closing, so he sticks his foot in there, and the guy's trying to close the door, and it's like, oh, the door won't close. Yeah, and then, so he forces and he, like, it open. Shoves the guy, yeah, forces the door open. How? <laughs> this is such a bad, it's bad execution, really. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, there, are, there are like half a dozen times when he should have been like, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to give up on this plan because like this is not working. This was poorly put together and not working particularly well. But no, he's like, he leans into it. He's climbing up on top of the luggage rack with this room full of people. And like, he's like, I think my feet might have been, might have uh, been visible for a second. Eh, it's probably fine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he doesn't even care. Yeah. But then Malfoy totally rumbles him and gets him. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Of course he got discovered because it's a terrible plan. It really and was. It's, it's kind of gruesome, right? Like, Malfoy essentially stomps on his face. Yeah, that's yeah. right. This was awesome, actually. He, Malfoy petrifies him and then, like, just beats him up while he can't move and then leaves him on the train. I mean, it's kind of, it's it's awful, but it's it's badass. I don't know. It was a really cool, yeah. mean thing to do to somebody. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> leave, leave him there under an invisibility cloak. Yeah. I, I mean, like, and, and the thing is, it's like, Harry Potter totally did all of this to himself, right? He put himself, like, he set himself up for this. Yeah, absolutely. He, he gave sure. Malfoy every bit of the equipment, but but I mean, like, I, I mean, I'm not going to give Malfoy too much credit because I'd have taken that invisibility cloak. <laughs> yeah. This is mine now. <laughs> uh, and uh, honestly, though, this could have been a whole lot worse. Like, hypothetically, if Malfoy had straight up killed him right then and there, no one would have known it was Malfoy, right? Oh, that's a good yeah, point. Absolutely, that's a really good point. Yeah. Wow. Well, just, you know, I remember Dumbledore saying this thing about not taking unnecessary risks. And so far, this is two times that yeah. Harry has just, you know, he's been like, he's not even at Hogwarts yet. And he's like, 
nope, it's time for an adventure. I'm going to pop off an adventure and uh, see what happens. So it's like, this is what happens when Harry is bored. Someone needs to give this kid some fucking activities. No, this is what happens when Harry makes a plan without Hermione. Also true. Yeah. Yeah. He he's uh he's having a rough go. Yeah. He needs he needs Ron and Hermione. That's the moral of the story. Mm-hmm. Um, chapter eight, Snape victorious. Well, thank God for Tonks though, because she is looking out for him. She when she doesn't see him, she figures it out and finds him. Thankfully. I think it's funny because mm-hmm. we're like there's a little bit here when we're just Harry's like he can't do anything right, and you'd think like. One might expect that this would be like a moment of introspection on Harry's part, you know? (laughs) Uh Our dear Harry Potter could think, oh, you know, maybe I put myself in a really foolish predicament. And, you know, maybe, maybe in the future I could do something different. But no, none of that. He's like, fuck Malfoy, man. I fucking hate Malfoy. And that's Mm -hmm. all he's thinking until Tox Tox comes and rescues him. So, you know, moment of introspection missed. Uh-huh. This isn't even necessarily as bad as what they did to Malfoy last time they were on a train when they all used their <gasps> dark arts powers to hex the shit out of that's him. Right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. They hit him with like nine different hexes and just left him there, right? Isn't that what they did? Yeah. yeah. Huh. That's a good point. That's mm-hmm. a very good point. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Tonks comes to rescue him. Uh, I, I, I did kind of wonder how she was going to find him. I was like, do they have like a... Is there like a tracking device on Harry Potter? Because... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a little suspicious to me. There's a lot, actually. There's a lot of suspicious to me here. <laughs> like she found him real easily for you know looking for a 16 year old invisible body uh-huh. that that can't move or make a noise. Uh-huh. She finds him immediately, and also, I don't think this is Tonks that we're dealing with. Here. Oh, Wait, what? No? You think it's Polyjuice? Well, they, he keeps talking about how Tonks is acting super funny, mm-hmm. and then Tonks like she doesn't do any shape shifting at all. Mm-hmm. Right, which oh, is Tonks' thing. That's a good point. And and also she has a different Patronus. Aren't those like soul bound? Oh, or whatever? that's a good point. Oh damn. And all yeah. that and, and her personality is really different and she's really kind of a little bit surly. Mm-hmm. So who do you think not she communicative. is? Uh well hopefully she's not Fudge's kid again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do we know what happened to that guy? Uh I I didn't he died, right? I, I he, he tried, got dementored. I, I think oh, did he? Oh, maybe he did. It crouches kid, not fudges kid. Crouches kid. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, Party he crouch. got the dementor kiss. Anyway, it just seems like the Tonks is like reading is like not really Tonks. That's a very good point. Yeah, and I don't know if it's it's either she's imperious, cursed, or polyjuiced, or some other wizard crap. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that that could also, I suppose, explain why Tonks found him so fast if she right. somehow knew. Yeah. yeah. Or they had huh. just put a tracking device up Harry Potter's like butt. Maybe, maybe it's Malfoy, right? Maybe Malfoy got some <laughs> polyjuice potion from that guy. Uh, that's a good point. He's living dual lives right now. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So then they ha- they go for a little. They're they're walking together, and you know, I feel like Harry probably could have done something to help Tonks here, right? Like, there's this like long walk to Hogwarts, and he knows why she's sad, right? He even thinks well, to himself, he thinks he does, yeah. Yeah, or that's true. Yeah, he thinks he knows why Tonks is sad. You think that, like, it seems like it could have been an opportunity for him to, like, say something empathetic to her. So I, yeah. I, I guess I'm saying we can't get too excited about Harry Potter's development here because he's still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are the two people that cared about Sirius, theoretically. Yeah. Yeah. Could have had a little heart to heart here. Mm hmm. But they get, they get up to school and 
Harry makes the tail end of the opening banquet or whatever. And surprisingly, we find out Slughorn, Harry thought he was going to be the new defense against the dark arts professor, but actually Slughorn is the new potions master and Snape is now teaching defense against the dark arts. Oh, I know. Mm. So Slughorn is doing potions. Snape is defense against the dark arts and Harry immediately starts salivating uncontrollably. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta <laughs> read this. Well, there's one good thing he said savagely. Snape will be gone by the end of the year. What do you mean, asked Ron? That job's jinxed. No one's lasted more than a year. Quirrell actually died doing it. Personally, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed for another death. (laughs) It's funny because, like, he says all these things. He says all these things very, like, externally, but... All of those things are things that Harry Potter did. (laughs) I know, right? Quirrell died. (laughs) Like, what do you mean? Asked Ron. Like, really, Ron? Yeah. Really? I mean, didn't you you delete Gilderoy Lockhart's brain or something? (laughs) That's a good point. (laughs) At the very least, he was there, right? For most Mm -hmm. of this. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah, I don't know if Harry... Harry just doesn't seem to... Like he's, I don't know, what's the word? He's like dissociated yes. from, from himself. He's like, all those people died. It's like, you did that. It's like, they just died. You know, it happens. No, somebody right. named Harry hurt them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. I would, I would never do that. Yeah. yeah uh, and, and, and it's funny because like Harry, you know, when he, Harry first gets, gets there, Snape is the one who kind of pick, collects him from the door. And Snape is taking this opportunity to kind of like dig at him. If Snape knew he was going to be the defense against the Dark Arts Professor, he should have been doing this real different. Like, this is the time for him to be making up to Harry Potter, right? (laughs) Like, we all know that Harry Potter has a defense against the Dark Arts only murder rule. And, like... (laughs) I don't... I think Snape... Well, okay. Snape, unlike all of these other people, knows what's coming, right? Yeah. Like, Snape has watched this happen for, what, five years? That's a good point. he's like... He's been waiting for his chance to get in the ring with the champ and take a shot at the title. That does explain a lot, actually. Yeah. Like Snape, is, Snape is softening him up, right? He knows <laughs> Harry Potter is coming. But if you can rile Harry Potter up to attack, you know, right away, then, you know, he won't get, get it in the back. You know? yeah. I'd rather not have to wait till June, Mr. Potter. I've got exams to grade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so Dumbledore is up there you know, when he announces this, and his, his hand is still all, you know, nasty and dead. So whatever it is, must've been pretty bad if, if wizard medicine hasn't cured it yet. Yeah. His hand is dead, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Dumbledore also takes another stab at asking Harry not to be dumb. And I'm just like, good luck with that man. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know, uh, <clears throat> this is a dangerous year. And he's like staring at Harry Potter. Uh, you might consider, you know, taking some safety precautions. And Harry's like, oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah Harry, Harry's like nodding like, yeah, you guys should all take safety precautions. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um, and also we hear some, we learned something super sad. Is it sad? I think it's sad that they all ditched care of magical creatures with Hagrid. No, I'm glad they did because Hagrid's a terrible teacher. Oh, come on. I, I'm these. No, 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 no. Hagrid is a terrible teacher, yes. But Care of Magical Creatures is possibly the coolest class offered at Hogwarts. Like, Do- I, the, the, the instant they were like, eh, I don't think that class is very much fun. I, these characters became completely unrelatable to me. I was like, you don't care about the history <laughs> of giants and goblins. You don't, like, care about uh, hanging out with, like, hippogriffs and dragons and, like, stuff. What do you care about? Wizard sports ball? Okay. 
Well, no, but remember they spent like an entire year with the blast ended scroots and another year they, and then there was another time they spent months just feeding flobber worms. Okay. The like flobber shoving, worm th- shoving lettuce in their mouths. That was when Hagrid was afraid of getting fired because he was, mm-hmm. you know, but he, but again, also they got to hang out with hippogriffs. They've gotten to like go, you know, they've gotten to do all kinds of fun stuff. Unicorns. I mean, there about unicorns. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. uh, I just feel, and and also Hagrid. I mean, and all of that aside, Hagrid's also their friend. So you know, mm-hmm. what kind of homework has he got? Is he offering them right? Yeah, that's probably an incredibly easy A class. Just saying, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh well, wait, because they don't get grades; they just get their exams in year five and six. Is that what it is? They don't have. They don't actually have. I think they actually. Wait, do they do not? Do they have? Do they have? No, grades? they never got grades, right? Oh, huh. Maybe not. No, they must have them because, like, Ron's, like, I, they say at times, like, there's no way they would have passed the class if it wasn't for Hermione. Mm. So they must get grades. We just never hear about it. Because grades don't matter? They're all made up and they're mostly arbitrary? I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the book is kind of told from <laughs> Harry's point of view. And one thing Harry Potter gives zero fucks about is grades and academic success so right. i guess that's why we don't hear it's about like, it like it should be a scene in like the seventh book or whatever and harry potter's like they were grading us <laughs> <laughs> he, he just never bothered to open the the letter with his report card I mean, yeah in it. That, the owl kept bringing me letters from hogwarts but i threw that shit in the fire like, I already got my <laughs> summer bros i'm not reading no school letters <laughs> i i already got my invitation dummies you don't need to send me another one <laughs> Uh. <laughs> don't worry about my reading list mrs weasley will go pick my stuff up for me That's she right. does my shopping for me oh it's true yeah i said though i've got a woman for that i send her out to do my laundry and cook for me and do my shopping because oh. <laughs> i've got money and she doesn't it's kind of i mean oh yeah. harry mm-hmm Chapter 9, The Half-Blood Prince. We have a scene here where McGonagall is advising Neville, and I love this scene. I completely agree. This is perfect, right? Yeah, she's like playing to his strengths, and she's talking to him honestly, but in a supportive way. And like, but I do have to ask, how old is she? Because she makes a reference to Neville's grandmother failing one of her exams. So I'm assuming she was a professor at that time. So she taught Neville's grandmother. How old is well, she? Not necessarily. Think, yeah, she she says her grandmother failed the exam, but it, she may have been a classmate. Or that's first. what I'm that's thinking. What I oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that, that's a good point. I had I had the same double take, and I was like, no, no, it's probably just that they went to school together. Because you're right. The, there's no way because Dumbledore is probably the oldest person in Hogwarts. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even yeah. he's only taught two generations, I think. So that would be would be three generations of. No, those elves. Yeah. Oh yeah, good point. The elves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they are eternal in their torment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's also a super awkward scene with Hagrid because they still haven't told him that they're not taking his class. Yeah. He's they like, should probably oh, can't... be a little honest about that. I know they they that's like just got to take that bandaid off, guys. I mean, if you're gonna do this, you got to just do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I also want to point out that uh, Harry is slipping by yet again, despite his not getting good enough grades in potions. He's going to continue with his 
path to the wizard police because uh, Slughorn suddenly became the potions master. <gasps> That's probably what happened. That's uh-huh. why Dumbledore switched them because he was like, well, Snape uh-huh. won't take him back because Snape hates him. So we'll just if rejigger were- this a little bit. If one were <laughs> if one were being cynical, one might say that Dumbledore knew Snape wouldn't <laughs> let Harry Potter take potions, and Harry Potter and and Dumbledore wants a guy on the inside of the or another guy on the inside of the orders, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So yes. he's got to shuffle things around to get a little bit so Harry Potter can be an Auror. Yeah. Once again, everything comes up Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Yeah. So Harry's continuing on his path to be wizard police. Yeah. But anyway, um, Harry goes to his first defense against the dark arts class with Snape. And I fucking love the idea of Snape decorating his classroom. Because he talks <laughs> about how he's like put all these posters up on the walls and like gotten curtains and stuff. I'm just imagining <laughs> Snape like with his bulletin board and like thumbtacks. I, I imagine so he's, he's like, he's got a Pinterest board and he's going down to Hot Topic and he's buying posters. Uh-huh, no, no. Totally. Are you kidding me? Snape has had these things in his closet for years. This like he's mm-hmm. been preparing for this his entire life. He, uh, yeah, it's it's a it's it's pretty it's pretty funny. He's like, there's uh-huh. candles everywhere and dark. He's so maudlin. He's like, oh. So, <laughs> if you taught at Hogwarts, what would your classroom look like? Uh, mm. It depends on the subject. Mm. Mm. Well, what would you want to teach? Care of magical creatures. Oh, then I guess you wouldn't really have a classroom. The whole outdoors would be your classroom. I would be teaching history and I would only teach wars and battles. Mm-hmm. And it would be a bunch of people around a big old, like one of those military map tables. Uh-huh. But all the like little soldiers and stuff would be all animated like, with magic. And then we'd reenact the giant battles. That's as, like this thing awesome. that people can watch. Yeah. And it'd be super awesome. Yeah. Oh, I like that. That's really good. Yeah. What about and you? I'd, like, oh. I'd have people like reenact famous events from history and have the kids do it and they'd I'd make them drink poly I'm sorry I would allow them to drink polyjuice <laughs> potion <laughs> so that they could uh you know look like the people and stuff mm-hmm. oh that's a great idea I love that's it Jeff really I would good. take your I would take your history class Jeff. yeah that would be amazing <laughs> I think I, I would be I, a go for it oh no I was gonna say I, I guess I guess if I were you know doing the care of magical creatures I'd probably do something a little bit more like uh, I, I probably have an area that had a lot more animals in it, as opposed to just like a big open, you know, field kind of thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, mostly animals. What about yeah. you, Alice? Um, well, if I didn't teach history, and I can't beat Jeff's because that's awesome, I would definitely do potions because I think that's the most like cooking. Except the walls would be magical scratch and sniff, like all the different oh. like ingredients. <laughs> oh, that's great! Yeah. You know, it's not all that different from what Slughorn did, right? Like, he just, like, you walk in and just, like, a room full of, except your, all your walls would be, like, smelling your delicious potions. Yeah. Or putrid potions. I guess some of them wouldn't smell very good. Probably not. But wizards are into that shit, right? They have the every flavor bean, so they like sometimes where it's, like, some of these smell like your roses and some of these smell like asses. Yeah, or fuck yeah, <laughs> you know, I have newt, whatever that smells like. Right. I assume yeah. pretty gross. Uh, we get some good Harry sass there. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> His little zinger. Yeah. Snape tells him to call him sir. It says no need to call me sir. <laughs> Professor. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought uh, Snape was a pretty good dark arts teacher, actually. He's got the drama, right? Mm-hmm. Like, he starts with a good explanation of, like, the theory behind it, but he, like, captures their interest and imagination and makes a really good case for, like, the underlying... Um, pedagogical style he's going to be using for the semester. I think he did yeah. real good. You can you, tell he's got a passion for the subject and a deep knowledge of it. And 
he knows how to command an audience and that's like a really good uh, quality in a teacher. Yeah. I mean, we've given him shit for being a bad potions teacher, but it might just be that this is, he, he wasn't passionate about that subject and now he's got a subject. I don't think he's a bad potions teacher, honestly. I I mean, people seem to learn in his classes and I mean, he hates Harry Potter, but subtract that from it. And you know, there's lots of practical experience. You're making lots of potions. Well, okay. So do they ever actually do potion? Like, do they ever, do we know that they're actually any good at potions except for Hermione and the polyjuice potion, which doesn't count. And then the second thing is, remember he would just like put the directions up on the board and be like, go do that. And if you do it wrong, I'm going to mock you. Like, I don't think he was that great at potions to be honest. I think oh, defense okay. against the dark arts is more where he's, his yeah. heart is. They did pass their, their owls. It's that true. is true. So that's something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. He wasn't the worst, but I just feel like he could have been better. His classroom mm-hmm. management skills were definitely not, uh, not what I'd like, you know? Yeah. I, okay. He's got to do something about that hair. <laughs> Every time they describe him, you know, he's like greasy hair, like falling down over his face. Look, he's busy. He's like, he's busy making potions. He didn't have time to wash his hair. We're not all. They have magic. They're wizards. We're not all as fortunate as you to have, you know, not have to worry about it, Jeff. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But meanwhile, after uh, that, they go to their first potions class with Slughorn, and I'm looking forward to this. I think Slughorn's probably a pretty decent teacher. Yeah, I mean, like he's a little showboaty, but like other than that, I think it's it's just kind of cool. You know, he's 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 clearly knows what he's doing because he's made some very like advanced and difficult potions. Uh, yeah. Some of which we're already familiar with, interestingly enough. Uh huh. But, but he yeah. Makes, yeah, he makes this potion called Felix Felicis, which mm-hmm. is liquid luck. <laughs> I, I was like, liquid Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Matt being Matt Cotham uh, from. Uh, yeah. okay. It's like you drink a little bit of this, and for 24 hours, you have uh, perfect luck. Yeah. That, I got to say, this is another one of those things where I feel like. J.K. Rowling probably shouldn't have written this into the story because it kind of breaks everything, like yeah. the time turner. Mm-hmm. Like if this potion like, exists, then maybe not all the time, but like every couple days, you just like take a little bit, you know? Yeah. A little bit. Mm-hmm. It's like really hard to make and it's like banned from exams and sporting events and wizards never break the rules, so. Yeah, but like if I'm going in for my wizard heart surgery, I want that fucking wizard to drink that potion. Yeah, <laughs> That's right, exactly. right? Um, pretty fun but harry wins it and he wins it by uh he's using a used textbook that has a lot of annotations in it and he decides to try these suggestions these uh, revisions that whoever owned the book made and it works out really well for him yeah the textbook that was given to him by slughorn uh-huh yeah it is interesting oh, right oh yeah because ron got one too but ron's did not have any special right. annotations or revisions in it I do believe Slughorn expressly said that he helps nudge people into where he wants them, right? Like into successful positions and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. So that is very interesting. So yeah. yeah. So Harry's actually top of the class now because of this book. Huh. Mm-hmm. How about that? But anyway, yeah. he sees that in the inside it says that this book is the property of the Half-Blood Prince. Which is probably Voldemort, I imagine. You know? It's got to be Tom Riddle, right? Who else? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's got to be. Speaking of, uh, Ginny's response to to this is fantastic. She's like, "So there's a book, right? And it's telling you what to tell you, telling you what to do, right?" And Harry's like, "Yeah." <laughs> She's like, "All right, just uh, just point out that there's a, a pattern here. We've maybe heard of this before." Yeah. Yeah. 
Maybe don't trust the book. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, just, just saying. Uh, I think it's cute because throughout this chapter, they're kind of speculating about what Harry's going to be learning from Dumbledore because Dumbledore is going to be doing these private classes with Harry. And all mm -hmm. I could think was, like, have you guys met Dumbledore? They're like, oh, he's probably going to teach him powerful attack spells or powerful defense spells. And it's like, he's like, probably going to teach him how to knit or something because he's <laughs> yeah. <a> fucking Dumbledore. <laughs> right. He's like, today we're going to learn how to make socks. Because <laughs> that's what Dumbledore's like. Not that I, I and I adore a Dumbledore. He's he's hilarious, but uh, yeah, that's the way he that's the way he rolls. He's whimsical, mm -hmm. we'll say. <laughs> yeah. But speaking of Dumbledore and Dumbledore's lessons, that leads us into Chapter Ten, The House of God. Oh, I, I oh. would say yeah. So in this chapter, uh, Ron confiscates something called a fanged frisbee. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. What the hell is that? It's a frisbee with fangs. Duh. The one I, I thing that you that you could count on with a frisbee, even if you, you're bad at frisbees, is that it doesn't bite, right? Not you can in grab the magic a frisbee. World. Yeah, no, no. Well, fanged frisbees absolutely fanged bite. Frisbee for? It's you know a joke what? Item. Like, I'm sure fanged frisbees <laughs> seem like super tame, tame, tame compared to like Quidditch. Or remember, they have that game called Gobstones that like sprays poison in your face. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Or wizard chess, where you're torturing little tiny little people. Hey, hey, do we we do not know whether those people are sentient because the magic doesn't let them tell us. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, and I know this was in the previous chapter, but uh, they do mention that Fred and George's entire joke shop is banned. And I feel like that's something they'd be pretty proud of, actually. <laughs> they yeah. probably put it on the poster, banned at Hogwarts. Yeah. Yeah, good luck with that filch. Yeah. Yeah, you better not mess with these kids. They've got fanged frisbees. <laughs> okay, chapter 10, The House of Gaunt. This is Harry's first private meeting with Dumbledore, and they go into the pensieve. And I love I how yeah, Harry I, is, like, super I, hesitant to do it. It's like, bullshit. You know you're just yeah. going to stick your head in there the first chance you get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. He, like, Dumbledore pulls out the pensieve, and Harry pretends as hard as he can that he doesn't want to jam his goddamn face right in the thing but jam his face into it he must and jam his face into it he does <laughs> yeah like i dumbledore should know that if he wants harry to stick his face in there he either has to tell harry to do it or turn his back for five seconds <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because dumbledore even has like kind of a throwaway line where he's like uh, i'll find it real quick it's, it's right right here um this time you enter the pensive with me, and even more unusually, with permission. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I liked how uh, on his on Harry's way over to this meeting, uh, he sneaks, he takes his invisibility, his, uh, invisibility cloak and sneaks over to Dumbledore's office, even though this is literally a scheduled class he's having with the headmaster. <laughs> so he's just like out of habit, right? <laughs> like, I guess, This is yeah. what Harry does. Mm -hmm. This is how he goes down the hallway, puts on the invisibility cloak, hides from the teachers. That's what he does. But they go in the pensive to the memory of somebody named Bob Ogden, who was um, in magical law enforcement. And he's visiting this soup. They visit this really creepy cottage with a yeah. family called Gaunt. Yeah, this um, place is not very welcoming and the inhabitants are pretty damn unpleasant. Yeah, they speak parcel tongue. Um, it's a father and his son and daughter and like the son... It did something terrible to a muggle and it's just all it's all it sounds horrible like a horrible place and that they're horrible people yeah i think mm -hmm. this is like this feels a little bit like the equivalent of like a uh wizard hillbilly or something right they're like the racist inbred assholes 
and uh, apparently they're the descendants of Salazar Slytherin. Yeah, apparently. So that's what an obsession with blood purity gets you, is yeah. racist inbred assholes. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, but we find out that the daughter is in love with the local squire, Tom. Mm-hmm. What's a squire? Yeah. Like like the assistant to a knight? Because that's the only squire that I'm familiar with. <laughs> no, local minor nobility. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So like yeah. a, like a, what's it? Like a duke or something, except smaller. I don't think it's even that high. Just like oh, yeah, the big landowning family, right? Like an earl. Like du- dukes are really big. Um, but like he, he's probably like the titled noble of a few acres near the town, mm-hmm. you know? Okay, cool. But Merope, the the daughter, is in love with him, even though he's a muggle. Like they 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 like the more this chapter went on, the more I was like, "Fuck these guys!" Like, "Fuck this guy!" "Fuck his asshole son!" His daughter might be fine. It's hard to tell, but yeah. fuck them both. But, like, no, actually, you know what? Fuck his daughter too, because apparently she's about drugging someone to hook it up with them, which is something I am uh, I find disgusting. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. leave the memory, and we learn some really fucked up stuff. Um, the father and son go to Azkaban. Um, Dumbledore lets drop that the father's name was Marvolo. And Harry actually catches on to that. And he's like, oh, wait a minute. Shit, that's Voldemort's grandfather. Uh-huh. Yeah, way to go, Harry. Yeah, <laughs> which thinking. means that the woman, uh, the daughter, was Voldemort's mother. Um, yeah. Yeah, and Dumbledore tells him, and yeah, you know, that guy that she was all after, Tom Riddle Sr., that's Voldemort's dad. Yeah. Yeah. So these are... Which, which, and I think we've seen, we've seen Voldemort's dad before, right? In a different, was it a memory or a side scene? We've seen their ha- their house after it was abandoned. So nothing good happens to them because, rem- yeah. well, not abandoned, but they remember. Um, I think it was the last book. It started out. They go to the at the Riddle House, and we find out that Tom and his parents both just died unexpectedly. Because he abandoned um, Voldemort's mom. And that's, I guess that's at the core of Voldemort's hatred of muggles is that his muggle father left his mom. And I guess she didn't do very well after that, right? Like she yeah. died after that or something. Yeah, they have to do, D- Dumbledore has to do some conjecturing there. But he thinks that, I mean, she must have obviously used some sort of like love potion or something to get Tom Riddle to go away with her. And then she got knocked up and he left her and she had to return back to the village. So I would feel sad for her, except, you know, fuck her for drugging him like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's kind of where we end up. Yeah, we, we see that Dumbledore has uh, the ring, I guess, that was that was from that memory, except now it has a big crack in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dumbledore keeps dodging questions about how his hand got all, you know, gross. Yeah. Yeah, we still don't know anything about that. Mm-hmm. So that's really interesting. We yeah. got some some family background on Voldemort there. So I kind of liked the son. <laughs> Did you Which realize one? that? Mor- Morphin? Morphin, yeah. Like I thought like the dude just he's coming up the road and then like this this guy Morphin literally drops out of a tree with like a dead snake in one hand and like a bloody knife, a knife <laughs> with blood on it already uh-huh. in the other hand and like starts hissing at the guy in snake language. <laughs> kind of cool yeah. yeah you know it's it's interesting because we're seeing all the, that's that's something i guess we didn't mention we're seeing this whole memory from um from harry's harry's point of view so well, he can understand them but like mm. yeah you're right it, it's 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 what's his name's memory it's uh 
Bob Ogden, the muggle law enforcement guy. Right. And and Harry's the one that we is our viewpoint, so we can understand everything that's happening here. But if you're Bob Ogden, you've walked into this place and everyone's hissing all the time. <laughs> yeah. You have no idea what's going on. They, they never explain why there's blood already on his knife. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They never explain what they're angry about. They're just hissing at each other. And then they eventually they, they chase you out down the road. Yeah. That's right. So Ben on Twitter sent us a, a nice message. And uh, he mentioned that J.K. Rowling has been in the news for some controversial statements that she's been making, uh, which are, are kind of unwoke. Yeah, well, they gave us a link to a Tumblr post written by somebody who was very um, critical of J.K. Rowling's work and her as a person as well, calling her racist and anti-Semitic and transphobic Um and pointing out different places in her books, not just her personal comments, but also in her books, that this person um, thought showed that her her racism and her anti-Semitism and her transphobia. And it was interesting because we've talked about our concerns about the way she discusses house elves and how we felt that it relied on really racist... Um, archetypes, I guess. I can't think of a better word, but just how problematic it is the way that house elves are portrayed in the novels and the way they're treated in this world and like how Hermione is the one person who's trying to fight for rights for the for this enslaved race of people and it's treated as kind of like a joke and nobody else has any interest in what she's doing and they see it as a drag. And we've talked about our concerns about that before. Yeah, I, the, the the crux of the the the, the post that that they linked is is that it's you know a lot of people like to say this thing about separating the work from the the creator right like saying mm-hmm. okay i don't have to agree with what she says and i can still love the work that she's created and this person makes the good point that like you can you can't really do that because the there are two examples that this person provides jk rowling which we've discuss and, and I think you're right, Alice. I think we we've, we've called out uh, our concerns about it in the past. But they also make a good point about you know, uh, Lovecraft is another person who people like to say, oh, he's a brilliant creator, but he was like a, a racist. But like if you look closely at Lovecraft's work, you could say, well, yeah, this 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 is clearly like the 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 fantasy that Lovecraft creates clearly has some like problematic uh, underpinnings, right? Like the mm-hmm. these. <clears throat> this idea of like purity and like, you know, intermarriage and stuff like that clearly has like a racist element to it. But, but mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I, I think that there's something to that. Like you, if you, if you look at Harry Potter with like the, the best possible light, then it's, you, it's easy to dismiss a lot of the things. And, and I think it's, I think you can still enjoy the works, but like, I, I think you also have to balance like understanding where there's, where there's issues. And yeah, um, and the person who wrote this this Tumblr post does make some really good points too, not just about um, the the house elves, which is, I mean, very like in your face, like this is a huge problem. But this person also writes uh, describes the way J.K. Rowling talks about Rita Skeeter as having very manly features, and she even uses the term manly, and she has a lot of fake. She looks very fake and has fake nails and everything. Um, yeah, I didn't remember that actually. You know, like I, I I don't remember reading that, which is not to say it didn't happen. But yeah, it's an it's if you if you go back and look at that in light of some of the remarks she has made 
including very recently about trans people. Um, I think that is something that's worth a closer examination. I also think that the person who wrote this post makes an interesting point about the idea of <laughs> blood purity in these books. And it, it's funny because I, I think I remember when we first started, Jeff actually had said something about this. And, you know, at the time we kind of like, you know, brush it off. But I, I think <laughs> Jeff was kind of right, right? Like, despite the fact that the bad guys in this are racist and the bad guys in this are people who are like, blood purity is, is good. And Harry Potter's like, no, it doesn't matter where you come from. Like, despite that being like the overt message, on the other hand, Harry comes from a wealthy wizarding family. And a lot of the things that happen to Harry are because of like his his family yeah. and, and his past. He, right? he has a lot of interactions where people are like, your parents were great. Therefore, I think you were great. Yeah, it does happen a bit. And, and, and Harry does have his own merits, certainly. But like, I also think that it's easy to say that like the way that he's presented, a lot of that comes from where he came from. I don't think that argument holds up as much and I don't find it as compelling because we do need to remember, yeah, on his dad's side, they were pure blood and rich and da 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 da. But like his mom was not like he was a so-called like, you know, half blood. His mom came from a very ordinary muggle family. I think this is a, a, interesting case because usually you have to take the work on its own because the author is not saying anything about it anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, our other podcast is about Robert Jordan's books, which have very distinct gender politics right there on the surface. Right. And we've talked about that a whole lot. The dragon reread.com if you want to hear about it. Yeah. But Robert Jordan sadly has left us. So So he's not adding anything to the topic, but JK (laughs) Rowling is, is out there. Yeah. He can't defend himself. J.K. Rowling is out there saying things about politics and saying things about like adding details to the books. You know, she said that Dumbledore was gay. I don't know a few years ago, right? I remember seeing a, a story while about back. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. And but that was not. I remember thinking that was weird because if he's gay, why doesn't ever do any gay stuff in the books? You know, because <laughs> that I mean, would be he's, appropriate he's, with a in a story that's being seen from the eyes of a teenager. Like yeah, I don't know anything lot, about my teacher's sexuality. Like I, don't I, I disagree. Know that. There's lots of romance in the books. Like Gilderoy Lockhart is a sex symbol, right? Like, like Mrs. Weasley has got posters of that He's guy. He's a public figure. That's different to me because what Gilderoy Lockhart did, like he he was a public figure and he like wrote books and he signed sexy pictures of himself and everything. And Dumbledore was a teacher. And if whatever his private life was, he kept it private. We don't know well, anything okay. about I, it. I, 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 I disagree, but I, I, I didn't mean to relitigate that. What I'm saying is like, that's something she added after the fact. Mm-hmm. Like that, that or that, that she just said, came out and said that he was gay. So it could be implied that he was gay and that's what's in the work, but there's no longer any mystery because she came out and said it. Yes, mm-hmm. that, that is what I, the creator, have intended. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's, it's a funny thing because do you take that into account when you're reading the books? You know, the author has said this guy's gay. So if you're if you if you take that as canon, then you know this guy's gay. That's how you read it, you know. If, mm-hmm. if in as much as that matters to the narrative, right? Right. Uh, but she, and she's out there and she's saying stuff about transgender people. You know, I saw her comments. They're definitely not something that I would have said. Yeah. Um, but there's no, there's nothing really transgender relative in the books at all, which itself is a kind of statement, but it's a very common statement. 
you know, so it's 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 interesting that now you would want to go and reread the books and see is there any anti-transgender stuff in the books, mm-hmm. which you wouldn't have done at all if she wasn't tweeting stuff like this. Right. And it's un- it's it's unfortunate some of the things that she said recently about trans people because she has an enormous platform and she's she has done a lot of she's supported a lot of really great progressive causes. So this was disappointing for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I hate to be cynical about this, but like. She's a billionaire. She doesn't live the same life as any of us. And I think that trying to trying to deify or heroize a billionaire is inherently a problem because you don't get to be a billionaire by being a good person. That's my my cynical viewpoint. Yeah, I, I guess I don't really think what's in people's hearts matters at all. I think what they do matters. And, you know, if, if the book she wrote has a lot of you know really uplifting themes, it's something you would be you'd be happy to share with your kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, then who cares? Yeah. Who cares if she like decides to be a Nazi in her later life? Oh, okay, maybe that's pretty extreme. I would care <laughs> about that. But 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 who cares if she becomes an old rich person who I don't particularly like very much? Mm-hmm. Like the, the work itself still has all the values, all the merits that it had before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, I think that uh, yeah. Well, we 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 found our issues with the with the Harry Potter series, regardless of what she says, because I don't I I I. I think that we've been doing this since before we were v- much aware of J.K. Rowling in the news. At least I was, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think that there are qualities that you'd want to question about the books. But on the whole, you're right. They're, they're very positive and uh, probably a good thing for kids to read. Mm-hmm. As long as you have discussions with them about slavery, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Next time, we're going to be reading chapters 11 through 15 of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, the sixth book in the Harry Potter series. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, you can drop us a line at hello at mwapodcast.com. We love hearing from you. You can also check us out um, on Patreon, patreon.com slash Club. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's at Alice M. Sullivan on Twitter and Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Mike Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. Please leave us good reviews wherever you got this. Please like us. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time. Finite Finite Podcast. Podcast.